Hi everybody, today my guest is Julie Johnson, a licensed mental health counselor and founder of Heart and Solutions LLC, a counseling agency with seven locations and over 50 team members. That's really quite impressive. She wrote and self-published a children's book on breathing techniques, which we're gonna talk about. She's working on her doctorate and is pursuing her psych uh, uh, doctorate, I guess you would call it a doctor in psychology and behavioral health leadership. And um, she is a very interesting person. I mean, really, this lady is, has achieved quite a bit of things, but you know, things that we could spend an entire podcast on alone. But the thing that really intrigued me would have was, of course, the breath work, because those of you who've been listening to this or know me at all know that I'm really into that and think that breath work is amazing for all kinds of things and purposes and reasons to do it. But also, she spent an entire year not spending any money. So I'm gonna say that again. She spent an entire year not spending any money. Now, I don't know how she did it, but we're gonna find out today with High Notes with Dr. B. Hi, this is High Notes with Dr. B, and I'm your host, Dr. Denise Ritter Bernardini. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you will find this and every other podcast inspirational and informative. And if you're like me and you're a curious person and you like to learn something new every day, then you and I will get along quite well. I am an avid reader and love to learn. And it is my hope to bring something new for you to think about or to learn about every podcast. Thank you again for spending your time with me. Hi, Julie Johnson. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on High Notes with Dr. B. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I am so curious about a couple of things. Um, You're an author of a children's book. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about that? Or maybe Maybe um, you're in Iowa. Tell us what you do in Iowa. Let's, let's start there. Sure. Um, well, I do a few things in Iowa. Um, so I own and operate a mental health counseling agency. Uh, and we do in-office mental health counseling. We also do in-home behavioral health counseling for kids. Uh, and so we do about 400 to 500 sessions per week um, for that. And then... Uh, I also uh, have self-published a children's book for breathing techniques. So as a mental health counselor working with children, um, I've found that breathing techniques really help kids a lot and help families to bond uh, and help with stress management and coping at home. And so I wrote a book of different children's breathing activities, mainly for my daughter, uh, to be able to teach her how to do the breathing techniques. Um, but then they just kind of evolved and, and uh, became illustrated. And now, now we've got a book that we're sharing with anybody who can use it. Wow, that's, that's great. I'm a firm believer in breath work. And um, I have 
oh, in the last year, really, really done a lot of research about it and gotten into it. And I own a lot of books on breathing and, and breath. And, and, you know, as a singer uh, and, and a musician, primarily for my living, breath is really important and it is definitely part of the, the musical experience um, for musicians, whether you're a singer or not, every, every musician has to figure out how to breathe and how to know how to breathe. So, um, and more so than just that, you know, initial brainstem reaction, right? It's got to be conscious know, knowing how to breathe. <laughs> so I, I love that. Tell me what you, what kind of breath work do you do with children? I I'm, I'm, want to hear about that. Sure. Um, so in the, the book that I've written, it is a holiday themed breathing technique book. And so the, each of the breathing techniques uh, correlates with a different holiday. And so, for example, for Valentine's Day, uh, the activity is to breathe in, inhale, and bring your hand to your mouth, and then exhale, you kind of blow a kiss. Um, so you bring your hand to your mouth, you uh, put a kiss on your hand, and then you can kind of blow a kiss uh, as you exhale. And so each of the holidays has a different breathing technique, and this really just helps children to be able to remember the different techniques um, when they need to remember the most. So uh, when a child is stressed or a child is upset, um, it can be really hard to remember diff different types of breathing, to remember like cookie breathing and things like that. Um, but when they're holiday themed, uh, it, it, what we're seeing is that children are able to connect those holidays with the techniques. And so if they remember one of the techniques, say they remember the, the summer vacation one, for example, um, then that allows them to be able to remember, oh yeah, there are other holiday themed techniques. Let me do the Thanksgiving one or let me do the Christmas one. Um, and so we're utilizing connections that are already there for kids uh, mm -hmm. and being able to or hopefully being able to string together um, those breathing techniques so that when they are in crisis and they need to have um, that coping skill that they can remember which ones to do. Oh that's great. So uh, do you do things like breath of fire? Are you doing um, uh, kund kundalini? What are you doing? What kind of breath sure. are you doing? Yeah. Um, so they're all different, um, and so the um, some of them are kind of based on different different breathing techniques. Like the Fourth uh, of July one is based on box breathing. Um, there are some that are based on uh, let's see. So we've got some that really focus on belly breathing. Um, for example, the Santa Claus one is all about making your belly like Santa Claus and then breathing out. Um, we've also got the um, Thanksgiving one, which is uh, you know pretending that your belly is full of turkey and Thanksgiving food and then breathing out um, using that. So they're all very varied, um, but they're all kind of along that same theme. Um, and then there are some tactile ones as well. So um, the summer vacation one, for example, is uh, using the hand and using kind of the tactile um, sensation of tracing your hand as well and pretending that it's a roller coaster um, and then going up the track and then breathing as you go down. Uh, so they're all different. 
Um, they're mainly designed for when my daughter was 18 months old. Uh, they're mainly designed for her um, just so that she could remember to breathe. And she, she does them quite a bit. Uh, she's four now. Um, she does them almost every day, I would say. Um, and she likes to come up with her own as well. So she likes to come up with, um, if she, she picked a dandelion a couple months ago and she decided that it would be uh, a good way to remember to breathe to breathe out into that dandelion and blow that dandelion and make a wish. So she likes to come up with her own as well. And that's really just what we're trying to promote is um, that children would see the benefit in real life of intentionally breathing um, and that they would remember to do it because it would be part of their routine. Do you use breath work uh, yourself? Are you, is that why you, you tapped into this was because you had interest in breath work yourself? So I've used some in uh, just in counseling practice. Um, so different forms of uh, mindful intentional breathing in counseling practice. Um, but my main, my main thought with this was that children do not necessarily always have um, these tools to be able to use breathing. Um, and so that was my main focus here was to be able to um, give children some kind of imaginary scenarios that they can remember to be able to utilize these breathing. Rural health intervention counseling as, uh, as half of our services, and those are all with children. Um, so okay. that's children ages four to 18 um, do that in-home behavioral health intervention. And then uh, outside of that, uh, we also work with adults and, and families and couples um, on the therapeutic setting. I got you. Okay. Because I, I was thinking that you were both kind of in both worlds, but you must have practitioners who come in and do the, the family counseling part mm -hmm. as your main thrust as children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's, that's really, like I said, I love breath work and I'm super into it myself. So I love that you would introduce children to that early. I can't imagine that not being something that they would remember to carry into their adulthood and would be really good for their, not only just their mental health, but their ability to focus and their ability to deal with stress. All those, all those things I think will carry into their adulthood if they're hooked into breath work early in their lives. So that's, that's great. Uh, we've, we've been able to partner with, um, with some libraries who are doing their online story times. Um, and then a few libraries have been doing very limited uh, in-person uh, readings as well. And so they've been able to introduce kids to um, these kinds of coping skills um, to be able to use these to, to be able to regulate those emotions. That's, that's neat. Um, so, Tell me about one of the things that I noticed in your um, list of things that are interesting about you. <laughs> Tell me about your year of not spending any money. Tell me how you, how one does that because I can't seem to not do it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that with, um, with COVID-19 right now, I think that a lot of people are um, are thinking a little bit more about what a, a no-spend year would look like. I think that a lot of, um, you know, limitations that maybe we put on ourselves about what we can and can't 
do or what we can and can't do without um, have been kind of tested by necessity. And I think that that's opened a lot of other doors that people thought were maybe closed in terms of thinking that they couldn't do certain things. Um, so the no spend year uh, was, it was 2018. Uh, and I decided that for that entire year, I was only going to spend money on uh, specific things and I set out rules. The rules were really important. Uh, we had a whole Facebook group of people who really wanted, who were really serious about doing this no spend year. Um, and we each set out rules for ourselves for accountability. And so um, my rules looked a little bit different than anybody else's rules, everybody's rules were different. So for me, um, I was allowed to pay uh, utilities. I was allowed to pay for uh, water and gas for my car. And um, I was allowed to pay for groceries. Uh, I was allowed to pay for, I was allowed to buy gifts, um, but they had to be experience gifts and they had to be experience gifts um, that we could do together as a family or as a friend group. Um, and so they had to be gifts that promoted uh, connection as opposed to gifts that were just physical item gifts to give to people. What's um, an example of that? Yeah, so um, for, for example, for Christmas that year, uh, I spent a lot of time in the fall that year thinking about what we were going to do for Christmas gifts and how Christmas was gonna look a little different with me being on the no spend. Um, and so what I ended up doing for my, my parents, my family, my in-laws, um, was that I, I printed out coupons for different activities for the following year uh, and I put them in boxes and I wrapped them up and um, so I displaced a lot of like cereal and crackers from our cabinet and just kept them in their bags and then took the boxes uh, and I put those coupons in there and then I wrapped them up and so we actually ended up when we looked at our Christmas tree in December um, it was a full tree with full wrapped up presents um, under the tree, but almost all of the presents, all of the presents that uh, that I had put under there were all experience gifts. So um, we, for example, we, for my parents, we did a trip to the zoo. Um, and for my husband, um, we did a, uh, like a hatchet throwing. I don't know if you've You've probably seen those, um, but we did kind of like a date night for that. Um, for my daughter, we did a trip to the water park. Um, my daughter and my niece, um, every year we usually do a trip or an experience for my niece anyway as her present. Um, and so we did a trip to the water park for her, um, but I also wrapped up some things that were, I was able to put under groceries. So um, for my daughter, I said, okay, I, she was uh, she was two at the time. Um, and so I said, okay, I know she's gonna want to do Christmas cookies. I know she's gonna wanna do like reindeer food. We always do reindeer food uh, with oatmeal and sprinkles and stuff like that. And so um, there were things that I was able, we always do a gingerbread house. So there were things that I was able to buy at the grocery store during my shopping trips um, that I was then able to wrap up and put together as gifts um, and put those under the tree. But everything that we 
put under the tree, wrapped up, were either experiences or they were um, they were things that we would buy and consume and use anyway. Uh, so we limited grocery shopping to once a month. Um, and between July and August, I actually didn't do a shopping trip that that month, I think of August. So I think we skipped August. Um, and so we ended up doing, or I ended up doing 11 shopping trips. And those were huge shopping trips because there's only three of us in our household. But, um, but you know, I didn't want to have kind of the the spillover from not spending money on uh, on anything extra to kind of seep into the grocery budget, right? So I wanted to make sure I kind of limited that in some way. And I, I found it an extra challenge to say, okay, I'm only going to the grocery store one time a month. Um, and so we had a garden, we always have a garden in the summer. So that helped out a lot um, during the summer, just being able to supplement what we we're buying at, at Sam's Club and at the stores. Um, but there were a lot of challenges within the year. Um, I would say there were a lot of opportunities that came out through the year. So there were times where I had to barter for things. Um, I was in a wedding that year, uh, which I hadn't necessarily considered when I decided that was the year that I was going to do the no spend. Um, but luckily I had already paid for our hotel and I had paid for our airfare the year before. And so going into 2018, I said, okay, I just have to worry about the gift for her. I have to worry about um, finding shoes and uh, jewelry, accessories, stuff like that for the wedding. And then also I have to travel without spending money other than groceries. Um, and so that wedding was in Rhode Island and I live in Iowa. And so um, it, it started with, what am I gonna eat when I'm out there? Uh, Cause the wedding was gonna feed me dinner and the wedding was gonna feed me rehearsal dinner, but then what was I gonna eat the rest of the time? And so I ended up factoring all of that into my monthly shop and then bringing my food with me out there and eating that out there. Um, while we were at the wedding, I had stayed at my parents' house the first night we were in New England and then left a lot of my stuff there. And then I asked my mom to bring some of the stuff with her, like extra clothes and things like that for me. Um, and she actually, there was a mix up and a miscommunication and she didn't bring my extra clothes. And so I was in Rhode Island for this wedding for the weekend. Uh, and I had the outfit that I had gone down there in. So like sweatpants and a tank top. And then I had my bridesmaid dress. Um, and that was it. That's what I had to sleep in. That's what I had to go to. Uh -oh. um, and so that was a real challenge because I was very, very tempted in that moment because it felt like a crisis. It wasn't, but it felt like a crisis in that moment of there are all of these people I haven't seen since college. Um, there are all of these people that are, you know, family members of my friend and my friend's friends. And I don't want to necessarily show up to things in inappropriate clothing. Um, and there were boutiques all around. And so I thought, oh, maybe this one time I, sh I should do this. Um, well, what ended up happening that there were so many of these weird and awesome coincidences throughout the year, but one of the girls in my no spend group um, actually lived in Rhode Island. And so I had put on the, on the Facebook group, hey, this is the situation. What do I 
do. And uh, one of the girls said, I'm in Rhode Island. Where are, where are you? And she actually brought me clothes so that I would not have to buy um, clothing while I was there, which was just incredible. Um, there were a lot of different situations like that. I also had to wear silver shoes to the wedding and I didn't, I didn't have silver shoes that would match. Um, <laughs> and so uh, a couple months before the wedding, I had put it out there um, on Facebook and said, hey, I need to borrow some silver shoes. Can anybody do this? And, uh, and somebody, a friend of a friend, an acquaintance uh, said, I've got these silver shoes. They're, they were really dressy, pretty shoes. They fit great. Uh, and then I said, okay, I can return them after. And she said, oh no, just donate them. And so I told her, oh, I can donate them to the prom closet um, so that other girls can wear them to go to prom. And she said, that's great. I didn't even know that was a thing. And she ended up giving me all of these other shoes to drop off while I dropped them off at the prom closet and a dress. And so I just thought that was such a neat uh situation that wouldn't have happened otherwise I would have just gone out to Payless or wherever and bought some silver shoes and not thought about it and spent $30 um, but because of that interaction uh, you know not only I benefited from that but she benefited from the connection and the the ability to give and donate to that cause and to learn about that cause and then that cause also benefited from that interactions. So there were a lot of um, times where I was just forced to be really creative in how I got my needs met. I think the biggest takeaway for me from the year was that my first instinct to get my needs met is usually money. Um, that's usually the easiest, fastest way to get the things that I need. Um, and by taking away money, I was able to be more creative about the things, how I would get my needs met, and um, also be more open to relying on other people. I think that um, in for me, uh, having money available, being able to say, you know, hey, if I uh, am in a in another state and I don't have clothes, I can go buy some clothes, or um, or having money available to pay admission to events and things like that. Um, really didn't stretch me and, and force me to rely on other people uh, or see what I could contribute to other people in order to get those needs met. Um, so another example is uh, the daddy-daughter dance in town. My daughter uh, always went to that dance with my husband and it's super cute and it's at the high school. And so in February of the no spend year that popped up and, and registration was ready for that. And I said, oh my gosh, um, how am I gonna rob my daughter of this experience of going to this dance um, just so that I cannot spend money, right? So in that moment, it felt kind of, um, kind of selfish and I went, oh, I really want her to go to this. So uh, what I ended up doing is contacting the coordinator of the dance and I said, look, this is the situation is can I do something right can I can I volunteer for something or or give something or donate something that I have um, to the dance to make up for admission because admission was five dollars per daddy-daughter couple um, and so but even for five dollars I said okay I can't <laughs> I can't spend that that's spending money right um, and so she said 
she said, oh my gosh, it's been just me for the last uh, three years. Uh, and I'm the DJ and I'm the ticket you know, administrator. I take the money, I, I do the crafts. I've never had help with this. If you will come and help, that would really help me out and they can just come in to the dance. Um, and so I ended up volunteering that year. Um, and then I've volunteered for that dance every year since then. So they've been to two more daddy-daughter dances since then. Um, and I've volunteered each year for that. Uh, and so that's something that just would not have happened otherwise. Well, that's cool. That's very um, cool. Yeah. So there are a lot of situations like that. I think it also um, really made me look at the things that I bought because I thought I needed them. And then, uh, and I thought that I would miss out on having those things. Um, and every time I said no to something because I was doing a no spend and I would post in the group that, Hey, I'm thinking about buying this thing or I'm tempted to buy this thing. Uh, and then people would say, no, no, don't do it. You don't need it. You don't need it. Um, and I would put it back on the shelf and I would walk away from it. Um, and then there, there wasn't anything through that entire year that I didn't buy that I ended up missing long-term. Um, and that's, that was a huge lesson for me. That's a lesson that I think I'll take and keep um, for the rest of my life because I, I expected to feel like I was missing out. Um, and I didn't. And that was a surprise. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did you start the Facebook group yourself? Yes. Um, so there are a couple no spend groups out there. Um, but the one that I started is called hardcore no spending because we are very, we were very um, diligent in that year. And uh, sometimes um, in, in the, in the no spend group that I was in originally uh, that I started with, um, I saw a lot of where I would, I would post about something. Like I remember, um, I had posted about Pitch Perfect 2 had come out. And I was so excited about Pitch Perfect 2 um, because I loved Pitch Perfect. Oh no, it was Pitch Perfect 3 had come out. Um, and I was so excited about it and I really wanted to see it. And the idea that I was gonna have to wait an entire year um, before I could pay to watch it was, was like distressing to me, which, um, you know, this was in, I think, January or February of the no spend. And I think it was just the idea that I can't do it. I didn't like that. Um, and so I remember posting in this, in one of the groups, um, to say, you know, this is the situation. And if I go in my hometown, it's only $3. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's car change. You know? So I was doing all of this justification of it. Um, and, I, I saw that I was getting different responses in the group and I was getting some responses that said, it's only $3. Don't worry about it. You know, you have to have moderation. Um, but I knew for me that I needed to take the idea of spending money just completely off the table because otherwise I was not going to be able to, um, to be creative and, and figure out what else I could do. And I actually did end up getting to watch that movie because one of the churches put it on um, as a free screening. Um, and so sometimes our, uh, sometimes our little movie theater in town um, gets sponsorship from different uh, organizations and uh, a couple weeks after that um, one of the churches in town sponsored 
Pitch Perfect 3, and it was free. And you could go and watch it, and uh, they did 50-cent popcorn and 50-cent drinks, which I did not participate in. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it, was, it was free, and there were a lot of movies like that. Um, that year and I realized the value of that because these were movies that I maybe wouldn't have gone to see otherwise um, but that were really great um, and I got to go with people that I might not have otherwise gone with um, and so I just feel like every time that uh, that that would happen in kind of the larger group I would say I really need to be surrounded by a group of kind of like hardcore individuals who, when I say, hey, I'm tempted to go to this $3 movie, and that they're not going to say to me, well, that's better than a $10 movie, um, that they're going to say to me, don't spend that $3. You don't need to. Don't do it. Go to the library, get a different movie, watch something else, um, or wait till next year. You can do it next year. Um, and so that's where I started the Hardcore No Spending group, um, which is still a group, uh, and people can still join that now. Um, and there are people in that group who are doing the no spend even now in 2020, um, which I, I had kind of considered doing one for the rest of 2020 because I feel like that's a nice, this is a good year to ease into that um, because our options are limited already. And so um, it is kind of a good year to, to maybe start one if somebody's thinking about that. Yeah, I've definitely spent less money this year for sure. I, but I, I, it would be, that would be a challenge for me. Uh, yeah. It really would be a challenge for me. I, I am, um, I'm a little bit of a spender. I have, I'll admit it. Yeah, yeah, I like I like shoes and clothes, some things like that. So it would be a challenge for me. I'd have to really, but I did I did I have not spent a lot of money on things like that in um, during COVID, and I've read some books on uh, money money energy and you know money blocks and done some of that work, and I have spent a lot less money this year. I don't know for a whole year if I could, because we like to travel too. So I don't know. That would be a real challenge. Everybody in the house would have to be so on board, right? And and when you have, I think maybe, I wonder how people with teenagers do. You know, people with, that have teenagers in the household, how they do this because unless your teenager is like really on board I would think you would just be it would be a constant battle what what do you think that's like for some families yeah I I will say that you know we so anytime that I do one of these kinds of challenges I I decide that I'm going to do it um, but I don't make decisions for other people so mm -hmm. um, for example like I I'm vegan but I don't make that decision for my husband um, so if I cook I cook vegan food and he can eat that or he cannot eat that um, and it's it's the same thing for my daughter so my daughter's four um, so when I make her food I make her vegan food um, but if she is somewhere else and she eats something that's not um, that's okay because uh, she gets to make that decision when she makes that decision she's a person um, and so my husband is a grown-up. He's allowed to make those decisions. And so I wasn't going to say, we are doing a no-spend. Um, I'm going to say, I am doing a no-spend. 
And so for my husband, he was able to spend normally. Um, he could do whatever he wanted to do. Um, I found that he spent a lot less money in that year because we weren't like walking around Target, like we weren't going to activities together. And so he did plenty of things. He went to a football game, he did all kinds of things, um, but I didn't spend money on things for me. And so, um, so I don't know that you need to have the entire household uh, on board because if I had a teenager, if my daughter was a teenager, um, then depending on her age, I, I would probably say, hey, I'm going on a no spend, um, but you're free to spend your own money. And, uh, and we had somebody in our group who was also a Dave Ramsey fan, and I'm a huge Dave Ramsey fan. And, uh, and what they ended up doing for their two teenagers is they, um, they set a budget for their two teenagers and they said, this is not, this is not me spending. This is me. I'm going to give you this amount of money every month for the things that you need to buy. Um, and then things that they needed to buy, like school fees or books or, you know, anything like that, that they needed, um, that they normally would have gotten money for they took out of that amount. Um, and that was a collaborative process. She had to work with her son and daughter because uh, the estimates were way off the first month um, because they thought, well, I'm going to need this amount. And then it was way off. Um, so then they just adjusted each month. But I know for her, she's still doing that um, because it gives them the ownership and the responsibility of, hey, you've got this amount of money uh, to spend per month. So if you want to spend that um, going to pizza with your friends versus like getting a pizza for yourself just to eat at home when there's food at home. Um, those are decisions that, you know, we all have to make as adults and that teenagers are able to make and, and learn how to make as well. Um, so if you had a teenager that wasn't on board, I feel like, you know, if my daughter was a teenager, I wouldn't decide for her that she's going to do a no spend. She can spend money, uh, but I would set up a system like that so that um, it wasn't, it was her making her own decisions on what she was spending and not spending money on. Right. So this was not um, an effort to minimize or bring down the family budget. This was an exercise of your own uh, personal development, I guess. I would say. Yeah, I, I think that's the main, the main benefit. We did spend substantially less. Um, we, the breakdown of it, uh, of course, we spent the same amount in utilities and, and daycare and, and groceries. And, well, we actually spent a lot less in groceries uh, shopping sure. once a month. Um, but in terms of things that we can control, so um, even things like medical support, like I have a category in my budget for like medicine and, um, you know, band-aids and stuff like that, household stuff, um, things like that. We spent substantially less. Um, we've got like an entertainment fund in there and that hardly got touched at all. We actually ended up rolling that over into another savings account. Um, restaurants went down almost completely because my husband didn't want to eat in a restaurant by himself. Um, I actually ended up, there were a couple times where we did eat in restaurants, um, but I brought my own food with me 
to the restaurants. And even that was a challenge. Um, that seems like it might be kind of easy to do, but uh, it, emotionally for me, the idea um, of standing out like that, I did not like that. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the expectation is that you go in, you order your food and, and you sit down and um, and eat it. But the restaurants that we went to that I brought my food, and it was really only a couple of times, I would say like five times or less, um, because we needed to because we were traveling or, or something. Um, but the restaurants were really great about it. Um, and I did explain in a lot of cases what was happening and what I was doing. But in a lot of cases, they didn't ask. Um, they just said, you know, in a there were a few that asked if they could heat up my food for me um, and help me with in that way. Uh, so the restaurants were really, really great. And, um, you know, for me, I was kind of like, I think there's, it's tempting to get into the argument with ourselves about, well, am I stealing money from this restaurant, right, by bringing my own food? Um, and, and there's a case, I guess, there, but at the same time, I was kind of thinking, well, if we didn't go to this restaurant, um, so say we did this day trip to the park, and then we brought food for all three of us versus my husband and daughter want to eat at this specific restaurant, um, and so we go, and she gets a kid's meal, and he gets a meal, and so um, in that way, I feel like that restaurant kind of comes out ahead um, of the other option of we bring all of our own food. So uh, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be, but I did beforehand think it was going to be very, very difficult. Um, and it did, really did help to have that Facebook group because I, I posted about it beforehand and everybody said, let us know how it goes. And, uh, and I was able to post pictures of um, me eating my soup in, you know, KFC or whatever. Um, and, and it was fine. Nobody cared. Like nobody cares what anybody else is eating. Um, and that was, that was really different for me to experience. Yeah. I would think that that would make me nervous too, because I, I would think that they'd be like, I'm sorry, but if you're not going to eat our food, you can't, you know, you can't have other food here. In fact, I know some restaurants mm -hmm. that have some local restaurants that have that very policy that you can't mm -hmm. bring in outside food. So yeah. yeah, well, that's a real, it's really fascinating, I, I have to say, and I, I, good for you. I, now, if I could do it all by myself, like alone, I, I, I may, I might be able to do it, but, um, I hadn't thought about just doing it myself and letting the other, the rest of the family, although I, I'm also, um, I'm a pescatarian, so if I eat any meat at all, it's fish, mm -hmm. and nobody else is, uh, in the household, so, I mean, I get what you're saying in terms of they just do their thing and I do mine. We, we do that more often than not, but yeah, uh, spending that's, that's, I'm, I'm going to have to give that some thought. I'll have to roll that around a little bit and see if I really have the fortitude. Cause I don't like to start something that I'm not going to finish. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think the biggest thing too was, um, the, the, the stark difference between low spending and no spending because um, I've always been a bargain hunter. Like I love getting a deal. There's something just right. so Me satisfying yeah. about getting something on sale, um, like 80% off. <laughs> um, and so like garage sale season even was very challenging um, because, you know, in Iowa, we have 
town-wide garage sales. And so there'll be like 20 or 30 in a day um, in a garage or in a town. And uh, that's where I get the majority of my stuff. <laughs> so the idea of not going to garage sale season for an entire year um, was very was very challenging. That was kind of a daunting task because, but I think for me, part of it was I love the idea of the, um, the chase, right? <laughs> like the, the chase and the conquest. Yeah, the hunt for sure. Um, yes, and, and so I think that sometimes I would get confused between low spending and no spending before I did this challenge um, because I would get a great deal on something and be like, oh my gosh, this like this dress was like $2 at a garage sale, you know, so like this was like $2, it's worth like $20. Um, and I, I think that I, I used to really think about low spending as though it was no spending um, and never really get to that consideration of like, but do I even need that Thing at all right like I it's easy to say well I need a new dress but like if if it's no spending then I, I don't need a new dress or I need to swap dresses with somebody else or I need to ask if anybody can loan me one for an event uh, we had a my husband does car racing and so we had uh, his award ceremony and that's a that's a fancy situation um, and I had lost some weight and my dress was not fitting me and I said okay I, I gotta figure something out um and so I ended up uh posting in the local mom's group and I said does anybody have a fancy dress in this size um and then somebody loaned me that dress and we ended up like baking them cookies I think or something right so it it was really a an exercise in no spending is way different than low spending, right? Like I could go and get a dress on sale and feel really good about that. But with no spending it, I don't know, it was all that more satisfying, I think, as soon as I got into it. Um, every time that I would, uh, for example, so I do a lot of consignment and uh, every time that I consign something, um, they make you go into the store and then they make you walk through the store to get out. And, uh, and so there were times where I saw stuff that I was like, I need that. Like, uh, coming up on Halloween, even now they're already putting out Halloween costumes in the consignment stores. And my daughter was two, you know, and I thought, oh my gosh, I need to get her a Halloween costume. I need to get her, uh, something for her to wear for Halloween. And so I had this, this costume in my hand and it was like, $5. And it was such a good deal. And so I, I was standing in line, actually, and I took a picture of it and I posted it in the group and I was like, you guys, this is this a necessity? Like, it's Halloween. How can I make my two-year-old not have a Halloween costume? And the group really talked me down. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to put this back on the hanger and I'm going to leave and I'm going to send you guys a message when I'm done. And I did. Um, and there was so much satisfaction in that, in being able to leave that behind um, and letting go of that feeling that I needed to buy this, that I needed to have this. Um, and then what ended up happening at Halloween was that our library ended up doing a costume swap. And so if you brought in an old costume, then you got, could swap it for a new costume. And so she actually ended up with like two different costumes from that Halloween swap at the library. And then my my mom actually sent me my 
costume from when I was two that I didn't even know she still had. Wow. Um, but it was a lion costume. <laughs> Sounds like your she, mom needs to go through drawers. <laughs> yeah, she had this. Like, she, I don't know where she keeps this stuff because, like, I don't know. But uh, anyway, she she had all this stuff or she had this costume and she pulls them out as my daughter gets older. Like now she's sending me stuff of mine that is like 40. And uh, and so she sent me this costume that she had made when I was two and and it fit my daughter and she wore it. And how much better was that than you know, this costume that I had just picked up. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. You know, it was, it was awesome. And so just having those experiences over and over of not buying it right away, not buying it, but then the need that I have still got met in other ways uh, by just, by just waiting and being creative. So it was a really good experience. I recommend it. Yeah. Okay. So what was your biggest takeaway from that? Um, yeah, I think my, my biggest takeaway really was that was how reliant I am on money. Um, you know, money is my first thing. If I, uh, need an outfit to wear to a, to a wedding, if I need shoes to go to a wedding, like my immediate thing is, oh, I'm going to put that on my errands list and I'm going to go shopping for that. Or, um, you know, if I am, in a, if I see something cute, like an arts and crafts project or something, right? Uh, and I see that it's really easy to say, oh, let me put that on my Amazon list or let me put that on my Hobby Lobby list or my Michaels list um, and then go and buy the supplies for that. And what this really ended up doing was just taking that completely off the table. And, uh, and my biggest takeaway was, uh, was how well we were able to meet all of those needs without spending any money at all. Um, and how many more connections I was able to make, um, how much more satisfying some of the activities that we did were. Like my, um, I had a few friends that were very, very supportive of this. And so while they weren't doing no spends themselves, they were kind of interested in like, well, what can we do if we're not spending money, right? Like how can we hang out? And, uh, and we found so many really cool ways to do that. Um, we went to trainings, like free trainings that came with free lunches in restaurants. Um, we went to uh, the state capital. I had never been to the Iowa State Capitol. I've lived here 12 years. I'd never gone there and done the tour and the tour of the library there. Um, there were some great free museums that we went to. Um, we had dates where we, instead of going to a restaurant, we just sat outside uh, or we um, went out early in the morning and looked at stars uh, and talked there. And it's so much easier to talk when you're not in a restaurant, to be honest, um, because there are less distractions. And Oh yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. And you can hear each other better. It's just, it was just really, really great. Um, being able to do that. And I felt like I had a lot more time too, um, because I wasn't shopping ever. And so there's a lot of time and energy that goes into planning out what we're going to buy and, um, spending the time actually picking stuff out and buying it, um, or planning activities, uh, and like concerts and things like that, where you would buy tickets. Uh, and, I wasn't spending time doing those things. And so um, one thing that surprised me as well was that I was saving 
a lot of time, which I could then put into other ways of, of doing things like expanding our garden um, or learning different ways to process and preserve the food that we were having so that it would last me until the end of the year. Um, so yeah, I would say that was the biggest takeaway was how dependent I really was on money. Um, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said that before I started that year, I would have said, you know, that I was dependent on my higher power. Um, but I was not. <laughs> I was dependent on money. <laughs> and, That's funny. Yeah, it really showed me uh, how dependent I was on that. Wow. Yeah. That's very, very interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that experience. I, I, like I said, I find that fascinating. And if somebody wanted to join the group, they would go to Facebook and look for, tell, yeah. tell me the name. Uh, so it's Hardcore No Spending 2020. Hardcore No Spending 2020. Will there be a Hardcore No Spending 2021? Yes, every year we have changed the name okay. <laughs> from 2018. And um, and even though the kind of core group of members that we all did that uh, 2018 one together, even though uh, a lot of us are not doing it now, it's really fun to see new people joining the group who are doing it for that year um, and being able to kind of go back to our previous posts as well and, and help people out with ideas. Wow. Okay. And um, uh, the other question I was going to have for you is if somebody wanted to order your, your children's book, can they find it on Amazon or where can they find it? Yes. Yep. So they can search Breathing Through the Year, A Child's Guide to Holiday Themed Breathing Techniques on Amazon. Um, they can also find me at www.storiesfromtheheart.shop. Um, and then uh, that also, we have a YouTube channel, Breathing Through the Year, um, and that is different videos of my four-year-old daughter teaching the breathing techniques. Oh, um, cute. So if you've got kids that, that would learn well from another kid, um, it's her demonstrating for all the other kids how to do oh, that's each of neat. the techniques. That's very cool. Okay. Well, thank you, Julie. Thank you for uh, sharing this with us. And I hope that, I hope there's a sequel to the book. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. My daughter's been writing new techniques, so we'll okay. see. She always, she always says this one's for my, for her book. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. That sounds great. Thank you so much and good luck with your practice. All right. Thank you. Bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today and we hope to see you here in two weeks with a new guest. And as always, peace, love, and courage.